Welcome to Necromaniacs. Uh, this week is the second part of our guest co-host series featuring Rennie Resmini. And you guys might know him as the vocalist for Starkweather, a uh, band that um, I've, I've looked up to for many years. And um, if you're into metal or hardcore or metallic hardcore or any, any variety of extreme music, they're probably a band that you have at least a passing familiarity with. And um, I, I got to say, Randy, you know, Starkweather is one of my favorite bands. You know, so Thank you. Appreciate it. It's cool to have, uh, you know, get to know you and uh, and also have you as a guest co-host on this show. Yeah, I'm happy to be here with you, help you out with this. So yeah, it's, like you said, oddball flick that barely anybody's seen. I got to say, you're the only person that I know that's actually seen this movie. <laughs> And what's funny is, like, you notice, like, on the DVD, if you had that, Asylum put it out. Like, they were the one that grabbed the rights for it. It's odd. You know, it's, like, not the typical, you know, Asylum, like, schlock fest. The movie we're talking about is Blood. Uh, not to be confused with a multitude of other movies with the same name. But, uh, <laughs> but it's, it was released in uh, 2000. Um, in the UK, written and directed by Charlie Cantor, um, who apparently, I, I don't know anything else this guy's done. Apparently, he did another film called The Furnished Room. Are you familiar with this guy at all? No, that's like, he's a mystery to me. Like, that's the only thing you can find one thing, like on IMDb, like a writing credit in this other film. So and I, I, I haven't seen that film either. I don't even know no. anything about it. No, no idea. You know, it's it's crazy. Like, and it's one of those things I haven't been able to find like on YouTube or any other like you know streaming source. And if you it's go, like, with... it looks like he's like these two things, and he's done. You know, <laughs> you haven't heard anything in twenty years from the guy. I, w I wonder if uh, you know he had like some kind of drug problem, or he like like fuck some dude's wife or something like that. <laughs> he got blackballed. <laughs> yeah, like a, a Richard Stanley thing on a lower level. It's, yeah, it's really bizarre, you know, very strange film. It's a kind of reminds you of like the addiction or transfiguration in Martin in a way too, because it's like an off the wall vampire flick, but with a twist. And also there, there's not a lot of, it's hard to find information about this film too. You know, right. I mean, it's like, you know, the cast, let's, let's hit the cast real quick. It's like Adrian Rawlings as uh, Dr. Carl Dyson. Lee Blakemore as Licks, and I guess you could say those are the the film was really about those two characters. Yes. Um, Phil Cor uh, Phil Cornwell as Doug, and I got to say Doug's probably my favorite character in this whole movie. Yeah, and I'm like you're you're hoping that he's like a turncoat in a way, you know what I mean? Like because he does mention in the movie about having tried the the uh, the drug, which is her blood, Licks's blood. Yeah. We have uh, Elizabeth Marmer as Heather Dyson, uh, Carl's wife, and introducing Nicholas Harvey as Jack, young Jack, the son. Yes. Yeah. And he plays a pivotal role, too, in it. That's right. Uh, the movie is only 84 minutes long, which is on the short side. Yeah. Hey, but there's also, like, one of the things I discovered on there, supposedly there was a director's cut that's, like, double the length. Yeah, I, I read I've only about seen that. one review, and that's all I've ever, ever heard about it. How do you think this movie would play as a as like a, a one hundred and sixty eight minute film? 
<laughs> I just don't think it would. It's like there's the budgetary like constraints on it. it so it's so limited. Like you could, you know what I mean? It's like almost threadbare, but it's the eye. Like I said before, like the idea is so good. It's just the execution's a little off and it's mainly because of the budget. So I don't know like how it would play out. Is it going to play out like a, uh, like a, like one of those British, uh, dramas, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's real strange. It's 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 off the wall. Actually, uh, I don't, did you ever get into Vertigo, like the Vertigo line of DC Comics? Yeah, that's that's what yeah, this I, reminds me of, of, like a Vertigo like miniseries or something like that. Yeah, definitely. I could see it like that playing out that way. Yeah. So, th- so this movie technically, I can say it's technically a vampire film, but yes, it's, it's a very very interesting take. On, uh, on the vampires. And you mentioned The Addiction, which yes. is another one of my favorite offbeat vampire films, too. Yeah, but, uh, that, that thing, uh, that and like nausea, that's around the same time with the black and white aesthetic. And uh, oh, The Addiction just has the better performances. Well, Deontay Abel Ferrara, man. Look at you know, the cast. Yeah. That was insane. <laughs> you know, and, and, yeah. yeah Annabella's, the Annabelle Shore scene in the. Uh, in the what is it the little like uh ah, hell i can't even think what it is when he she traps the lily taylor oh she's in the alley which alleyway rolled, yeah it's up on her and she's yeah like, it you know it's funny that's the man. best scene it really it really is and and uh the, the other thing i like about it is as the years go by and um you know that that movie is like so 90s too you know yeah you know, and and even, of, even like able using that whole cast basically with uh, what the heck the funeral? He uses a lot of those people too, like Annabella and then Christopher and that. Yeah, like she steals scenes in that like a bunch of times. You're like, wow, well, you know, like why doesn't she get more roles? You know, like, like she can put in she can put in a performance. Actually, a lot of a lot of people ended up going uh, onto the Sopranos or in that. Michael Imperioli's got a yeah. small scene. Uh, yeah, Edie Falco, uh, Annabelle Sciorra is in. She's in the Sopranos. You know? Yes. Yeah. Very, very New York. Very nineties. Uh, whenever I watch it, especially now, you know, as the years go by, it makes me uh, nostalgic from uh, my, you know, when I was a young man in the nineties. Is uh, yeah. very, very cool, you know. But this film. Like at least the the addiction is kind of like the vampires are these kind of um, you know traditional vampires. They're like right. immortal. You know they bite people on the neck, they turn them, they become vampires. But this is more like almost a I would say in some ways like a more logical, non supernatural, realistic version of what a vampire could possibly be. Yeah, you know where. Where it like the, the strange thing being where, you know, somebody getting its blood and it's becoming a, like a heroin and like an opiate. Yeah, that's another similarity to the addiction. I mean, you know, Ab- yeah. Abel, you know, Abel Ferrara being involved, uh, chances <laughs> are there's some kind of drug connection or some reference or, you know, some overtone to, uh, you know, the abuse of drugs, which, uh, you know, Abel's not not a you know unfamiliar with that stuff. You know, right? <laughs> so, uh, so this film, Blood, also kind of plays on that uh, you know drug addict uh, heroin vibe, except that blood is the thing that the, everyone gets addicted to. Yes. 
you know, and it starts off, uh, the premise of the film is, uh, you know, Carl, Dr. Dyson, Dr. Carl Dyson is a scientist, and he's trying to develop uh, a serum to, uh, to combat, uh, you know, disease as a cure for cancer, Project Elixir. And Lix is, is a, they happen to find her at a, after um, her parents were killed or her mother was killed in a, um, in a car accident. And she becomes uh, his, his subject of this experiment. And, um, and, but instead of turning her blood into uh, a cure for cancer, it actually becomes this like narcotic. Yes. And, uh, and that, which is uh, highly addictive. So she's locked up. She gets uh, kidnapped by this group of uh, Jesus lizard loving uh, drug fiends. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's like one of the first things you notice when they're like all whacked out, like the pounding rhythm. <laughs> You're just like, no way. How's this in here? <laughs> Dude, that, crazy. actually the, the, the score in this film, I, I, I'm surprised like, like uh, you know, the movie's obviously very low budget. I mean, it's it's uh, yeah. it's got like uh, bare bones, you know, production, but somehow they were able to like, I, I mean, somehow they were able to get licensed versions of all this tr this stuff. There's like gratuitous Jesus lizard in this movie. Yeah, right? you know, you got there's like three songs. There's right, like, it's got, crazy. <laughs> there's like uh, the first is what then, then comes comes Dudley, which is like one of the best scenes in the film where they just booted up this uh blood and you hear that then comes dudley song right and, it, and it's so perfect you know what i mean yeah and it seems yeah. like i might have even walked in on a scene like that at some point in my life. <laughs> and there's also like there's like some other oddball stuff in there you're like how did they get this it's like it's it's so weird yeah Mer like the mercury rev is, is in it i think yeah and there was that orgy cover of that that eighties track in there too. Like that was like, was that Blue Monday or something like that? Like oh, that's who it was. Yeah, I was trying to figure out who the um the Blue Monday cover was. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the orgy. The, yeah. the dude from Rough Cut was in that band. Yeah, so somehow maybe that's where the whole budget went was to get. <laughs> yeah, spend it on these on these heavy hitters. Yeah, that, so that might have been where where all the budget went. <laughs> so these these degenerates have uh licks locked up in this basement and they're basically draining her of her blood and uh selling it it seems like because some dude rolls yeah. up and that guy, the guy the looks guy, like he's out of oasis the guy with that such a british like council state like fucking scumbag you know what i mean yeah just like a yellow, like like slicker rolls up talking about having you know booking a party, and they just want to, they just want the guy to get the fuck out of there so they can, <laughs> yes, they can like, like, drink blood. <laughs> it's like so funny. Yeah, it's so off the wall. Yeah, so so that's um that's kind of the setting of the film, and then uh, so Carl, Doug and Carl, Carl and uh, and Doug, our our hero, they they bust her out. You know, they they kid they they come in. They liberate her from the uh, clutches of these scumbags. And it's apparently she's been in for 15 years. Yeah. As yeah. a captive. And, and, uh, and then this, and then the movie gets interesting because what happens is, uh, yes, she's kind of secreted away to, uh, to Carl's house who, and he's married. Right. So but got, she does know, she does know about it. Cause when they, he comes and she greets him 
and she's like down with it at first it seems like because she knows this girl was an experiment gone wrong haywire and remember she takes her to the shopping for clothes and stuff like that she's introduced to jack immediately in in the movie and jack basically like parades her around the house like hey here's doug here's mom you know it's like well, the cat- and she's like, she's like a, you know, she's like a, a, a waif basically, like a little child in a, a woman's body, a young woman's body. Yeah, she's not very worldly because she, she was no. tied, tied up to a chair for fifteen <laughs> years yeah. in the basement, so being bled and fed. Yeah, so that that's that's kind of the dynamic of of her being the vampire. So she she needs blood. Like if she if she if they take out X amount of pints of blood out of her. She has to replace that blood. That's her her, her uh, physiology is such that she survives on blood. She doesn't eat food, and she generates her own blood, which has this heavy narcotic in it, which is you know apparently heav- heavily addictive too. So like I was like we were saying earlier, it's not like uh, a supernatural vampire or like uh, you know another um, you know race of vampires. She's a one of a kind item, and yeah. If she bites somebody, yeah, she's a scientific vampire. There you go. So, um, you know, she's in the house. And, you know, after I've seen this, I've watched this movie several times over the last few years. Because actually, it's funny. I wouldn't even know about this movie had it not been for your Instagram feed. Um, Because you, uh, you know, around October, everyone, I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of you guys out there do the same thing where you try to watch a movie a horror movie every day in October, you know? So I tried to do it this year. This past year, I did not try to, I did not do it. It wasn't worth it. The whole year was a horror movie. Yeah. The whole year we were living in a horror movie, (laughs) you know? And uh, so I didn't do it this, this past year, but I think it was either the year before or whatever. You, this came up and I thought the, the box cover looked really interesting. And, And I think that's when you and I started talking about this movie. And I was able to find a copy of it, the the short, apparently the short version of it. Yeah, which I think that's the only one that anybody has. Yeah, that's that's the only one I guess that's been available for mass consumption. I guess yeah, in, in like uh, the original run, because even though this movie is listed coming out in two, the year two thousand, I think it did uh, festival uh, runs in nineteen ninety nine, and I think that might have been the uh the version the the long version that was uh shown and this is all you got to piece this together because if you try to look this film up on 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 uh the internet you you really you don't there's nothing really there's yeah you're stuck in circles there's very few reviews of it and and you get links to stuff that's just broken it's not no longer exists and and charlie Cantor disappeared he's like yeah he's totally fucking mia (laughs) yeah it's bizarre and really, no one. I don't. I don't. None of these fucking actors really went on to do much. At least in the. At least in my that I'm aware of. Yeah, and then when you look up a couple of them, a couple of them were like in Harry Potter flicks, but mm. I've never like seen them. That you know, my kids are too old to like even have been into it. So I wouldn't. You know, I wouldn't have any passing reference to it. Yeah, you know, it, it's just like a, this is like a weird, mysterious, like artifact that just exists, you know, and, you know, more people should know about it, though, you know what I mean? Because it is like we we're talking, we we're saying it's a pretty interesting take on, on uh, vampires and um, 
you know, and, and I don't know. I just think it's pretty well done. But so uh, Doug, I, I think it's funny that Carl and Doug are friends. You know what I mean? Cause Carl, yeah, and it just says like a childhood thing that they've gone back. It, well, I thought even Doug may have been like somebody you worked with at first, like when I first watched it. You know what I mean? But the son kind of like, you know, says, you know, they're just they go back. Yeah, he's old, but he's cool. Like <laughs> yeah. the kid says it. <laughs> yeah, actually, Jack. Jack is almost like um, I forgot. There's like a literary, literary term for uh, like the the story, the narrator. Almost. Yeah, he's like a, yeah, he's just a, he's almost the, the reliable narrator because he's like gives you the the information that you know pertinent information on everybody. Yeah, because this last time I watched it, it almost he reminded me of almost like. Um, Oh man, like Prospero or something like that from like a Shakespeare, right. like from Shakespeare, where there's, yeah. there's like this guy who tells, he's kind of like adjacent to the story, and he just drops information, like for yeah, example, yeah, he's the info dump. Yeah, so for example, like Doug and Carl, like Doug, Doug's this kind of like you know, well, first of all, Carl's a scientist, right? Yes, and Doug's just this guy who. You don't really know what he does for a living. He he talks about he was kind of like had a wild you know wild uh, background, uh, did a lot of drugs. You know that's what Carl was was like admiring Doug because he's like well you know you tried everything man you've done all kinds of drugs and everything including Lix's blood including her blood and he's like you know yep I tried her blood once you know and he said it was like seeing perfection you know and and he goes into this long soliloquy about how amazing it was to be high on the blood you know and he's like you know everyone had a, a kind word for, to say to you and all this sort of stuff and then when you wake up the next morning the world is just normal you know? yeah and i thought that was like a really cool scene and and that that's the kind of the thing like in the the last couple of films we talked about were, were these kind of um slow moving uh dialogue heavy uh you know kind of films and and i i I actually really appreciate that because it is it's almost like reading a book where you're reading dialogue in a book yeah and and it's not so much like explosions and like sword fights and you know yeah it's not relying on visual effects or even stylistic uh camera like work yeah it's all almost like michael lee like uk (laughs) you know like but with a sci-fi horror angle you know, and the other thing I thought was cool is how how Jack, uh, you know, made sure that he he told Licks that uh, Doug was into cool music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which which is like I guess like uh, you know, Char- Charlie Cantor probably is into good music because he spent most of his budget on licensing all these songs. <laughs> yeah, so bizarre. <laughs> you know. The first, obviously, the first time I watched this movie, I was like, you know, enjoying the horror elements of it. But what it's more of a family drama in in parts. And that's what I was exactly what I was going to say. It's more of a it's like a drama with horrific elements to it. And it's also a study on just like. It's like that tendency, that male tendency to. you know, like for example, the relationship with the the, the wife. You know, with uh, you know, with Heather, right? Carl, yeah. Carl and Heather. You know, they got a son. You can tell that they've been married for a long time. You know, and then you get this like young chippy comes in. 
you know, and he feels responsible for her. And, uh, like, in no, in, there's no possible universe where yeah, this is going to exist. Live, live under the same, like, to have this yes. situation, there's no possible good, good outcome to this. Right. You know what I mean? And even the wife does say that <laughs> at one point when she finds them sharing the blood. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, and Carl's not, no, he's like, no, 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 no. You know, he convinces himself. So I guess that's like, you know, the kind of um, typical uh, straying married male who is yeah. like, can, you know, he justifies, you know, there's like this justification. He's like, oh, you know, we have to take care of her. You know, it's my responsibility, this and that. And yeah, uh, he created her. He's got to figure out how to make her human as she asks to be become human. Yeah. Whether yeah. or not she can be converted. And, and, you know, Heather, they, like you mentioned earlier, they go out on a shopping spree. He, they, she gets her hair cut, you know. She's like, uh, you know, regular clothes, you know, because, like, you know, being locked up in the basement all those years, it's like yeah. her, hair wasn't, her, you know, her hair was her hair was bad, bad hair, you know, and, and mm. probably, like, you know, outdated clothes and everything. Mm. With the muzzle. Yeah. The, oh, yeah, the muzzle. That was kind of, yeah, it was like a brutal scene, actually, in the beginning. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, as everyone expects. Yeah, know, and there's so much foreshadowing with that, with him, you know, kind of being jealous of her sleeping with Jack. I mean, Jack's like, you know, innocent about like, oh, why don't you stay with me? That way we can talk until we fall asleep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and then, uh, you know, him, like framed in the doorway, just staring at, at her while she's, you know, getting her hair cut or whatever. Them yeah. cook, cooking together, even though, like, it kind of shows Lick's eating food, like, I guess, you know, it's more about her with him cook, like cutting food, always showing knives and scissors and stuff, you know, stuff cutting. So, you know, it's leading up to her getting cut. Yeah, definitely. You know, and then, of course, uh, you know, he uh, and he also he's jealous of Doug for having tr drank having the blood. experience. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and, you know, and Doug's actually I think it was um, there was a, a scene in the film where Doug even suggests that he stay with her. Yeah, and 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 Carl's like, oh, no, no, no possible. In your one bedroom council flat, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like you said, you just know it's it's where this is headed. Yeah, and then of course, you know, Carl tries the blood, and then instant junkie, blood junkie. Yeah, he just can't get enough of it, and then uh, you know, the wife discovers their relationship, and and she's out, of course, you know. Anyway. Yeah, and then the only gets worse when jack takes it because he mistakes it for medicine because dad told him it was medicine he was trying he was sick he was trying the blood that he had stored in vials and uh yeah that's yeah the, the, the carl takes the blood and um yeah so so this film like it's it actually seems a lot longer than 83 minutes and that's why like, i was thinking yeah i, I could saw imagine that, it being was, like yeah I, I can't imagine this being like two hours long, you know. Nah. But uh, but yeah, this um, you know, this movie continues as you would expect, you know, and uh, the ending. I, I'm going to give you guys the end. Brutal. Because I I um, it's unlikely. Hopefully, some of you guys go out there and watch this movie because it's one of my favorites. I try to sell it on people. Um, it's one of my favorite low budget, unknown, obscure. Uh, 
you know, cheapo horror films because really the, there's no real heavy duty effects work in this movie. Like there's no like prosthetics or like, nah, nothing other than like maybe one throat cut when she's riding them and draining her blood into his mouth. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of like sexual. And after the, yeah. And after the, the, after the damage kind of violence, like you see a knife and then it's, you know, next thing is just, you see the, the wound. Yeah. There's some wound, wound stuff going on. Definitely. You know, but uh, but at the end of the film, and I'm gonna you know spoiler if you don't want to listen to hear the end, you know, go do something else now. So it's yeah. like at the end of the film, uh, Carl reveals because I guess he's been stringing her along that oh yeah you know we're gonna try to yeah she, she wants to become a regular person she doesn't want to like drink blood like you know and have people get high off of her blood you know and he's been sort of um hinting that there there was a uh, a cure or a way to turn her into a normal person but at, at toward the end of the film um you know he reveals to her that uh that's not true that he's like you know i, I don't there's no way of doing this so uh you know then they they also there's like the ultimate uh junkie uh, scene monologue where it's like oh man this, we're gonna do this one last time man and tomorrow's you know we're going cold, cold turkey you know like yeah. typical shit you know typical like almost uh recommend for a dream yeah exactly <laughs> right yeah and um you know so so they're gonna go big and and this is this is like i didn't really pick up on us till recently so so Lix is having him you know really drain or partake of her blood yeah. And, um, you know, and they're having this blood orgy and, and all, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then uh, he, he drains her completely of all of her life essence and she's dead in the morning. He wakes up with her and she's dead the next morning. And uh, it's a pretty brutal scene. But what I guess the monologue it, that comes after is just like kicks it home. Yeah, <laughs> it's dude, brutal, yeah, brutal monologue at the end. And, uh, you know, and. He basically the last scene is he basically just you see him sitting in his bathrobe and he just picks up the phone and he calls police and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, um, it, it, in so many ways it's just like uh, the like the tragic flaws of of the kind of uh, you know male, um, you know I'm, I'm not trying to be like you know like some modern person when I talk about this stuff. It's like yeah, but this is like twenty years before that. It was like in vogue for this, you know. Yeah, like twenty. This came out like twenty, twenty something years ago. It yeah. wasn't like popular to be, uh, you know, in to be like woke, I guess, or whatever. Yeah. But I, I'm always down for a story about a guy who just destroys everything in his life, and like including the thing that he desires the most. Right. You know, with just the fucking rampant male ego. You know. And, yeah, from uh, being like thinking he's going to write the best, the best scientific like yeah, th- yeah research paper ever, you know, and then having that breakdown when he's like all hopped up on and talking about it at that seminar, he's just spewing like gibberish. <laughs> like they're looking at him like, what the hell is he talking about? Yeah, and 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 it really is just about total failure. This movie, you know, and and weakness and. uh you know, and the, and the sort of um, inability, uh, the, the ego um, convincing your oneself 
that this like weaker path that only leads to just destruction is is the right thing and the justifications that go along with that and that that's kind of what i got out of the movie like the second you know maybe the third or fourth yeah. time i saw it's it almost like some french existential flick yeah it's like totally nihilistic the way it, it wraps up and and you know uh you mentioned requiem for a dream and you know yeah. it, it almost is like like uh hubert selby story oh if, yeah if he'd written yeah. a horror film you know horror, yeah. horror story yeah so yeah you know it's it's um and even like part parts you mentioned selby that makes me think of you know that movie he did with uh refin yeah fear x oh, you yeah. know mm-hmm. you know like it has like a, it does not it does, isn't uh fear x but it reminds me of a there's a scene that reminds me of the third pusher when they're bleeding out those the home invaders that uh tracked Carl down after oh, from dude. the beginning. Yeah. Pusher, <laughs> pusher yeah. is awesome, man. That's oh, like, yeah. yeah. The trilogy is amazing. Yeah, you guys definitely out there. If it's a it's a crime film, um you, you have early uh um Mads Mickelson in there. <laughs> a young Mads Kim Bodnia in the first one's just amazing too. Yeah, it's just like everybody a, in it. Every person that the, each movie focuses on puts in great performances. But if uh, if you don't if you don't like reading, uh, yeah, true, because it's a uh, it's a foreign film, and you know unless you speak uh, Dutch or whatever, it's in or, or uh, Danish or whatever language, yeah, Danish, language yep. it's in, you uh, you probably uh, will have to you know have a subtitled version of it. Yeah, but yeah, there's another movie, one that was those two guys did Bleeder. Did you ever see that one? That one I haven't seen. No, <sighs> that one's even more vicious. Bleeder, okay. Yeah, so if you can find that one, that's has like Bodnia and McMads, and it's just it's real vicious. Yeah, man, Mads Mikkelsen has a very prolific career in European films, man. He, you know, yeah, you, you guys probably a lot of people know him from uh, you know Hannibal or yeah. uh, James Bond films, things like that. But uh, yeah, he, but he awesome. was he was the man in Europe for a while, you know. Yeah, he's like always a winning performance from that guy. Yeah, yeah, totally. Now online, I, a lot of people don't like this movie. I found. <laughs> yeah, it's probably because like you, like you were saying earlier, it's so dialogue driven. It's very minimal. There's nothing going on with camera work. You know what I mean? There's nothing flashy about it. It could have been stages of the play. You know, it's really, really simple. You know. In some ways, it, it works because you have like these dialogue-driven scenes. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it, it it's. I, I was surprised at that, like how harsh people were in their assessment of this movie, though. You know. Yeah. Now, on uh, normally every week we do like a five star, you know, five being the best and one being the worst rating. Uh, sometimes you can give it a zero if you really hate things. <laughs> but uh, we go uh, five uh, and half points. Right. So, uh, so yeah. What what's your what's your rating on this film? It'd be a solid three for me. It's like just because it's so it's just because of how minimal it is. Yeah. And just the, some of the budgetary stuff. It could have, like like I said, the concept behind it is so good. And uh, it's just, you know, it's just limited in, in certain ways. Not the acting, because just like I said, there's some of those scenes. Those, those scenes bring it. I, I actually go a little higher. I gave, I gave it a 3.5 because it's, um, 
you know, it's, I, I've wa- I watched this movie time and again, and I'll probably watch it. It'll, it. This will probably be one of my 30 movies for Halloween, you know. <laughs> yeah. Year, definitely. I mean, I like to put it on every now and then. It's um, rewatchable. Uh, it's got a lot of, you know, it, it just has this, like, foreboding feeling in it when you watch it, too. You know, like, you, you yeah. just see things slowly disintegrate around this guy. Yeah, it's all like you pick up like little foreshadowing stuff. Some of it isn't so little. Some of it's blatant, but that's but then like you're saying, if you're paying attention to dialogue, you know this isn't going to end well. And and it's got great music in it, which is which is cool. You know, and the the characters in general, I think, are 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 pretty good. Like I like I like the just the dialogue is good. You know, the interplay. It reminds me of a you know a Vertigo comic. It could have been like a Vertigo like yeah. four issue mini series or something like that. You know. Yeah, definitely. You know, speaking definitely. of dialogue driven films, uh, this you know past week we we had, we did an episode on uh, Black Mountainside. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, love it. Good, right? Yeah, love it. Have you seen yeah. the, uh, his his other film Archon? No, I have not seen that. I, I just rented it tonight, actually. I'm going to watch it when we're done here. I'll have to check that out. I mean... Uh, Is that it, before Black Mountainside or after? It, it's it's a newer film. I think it came okay. out... It might have just been released. Um, oh, shit. I'm trying to get this guy on to interview him. And, um, you know, I, I reached out to him. And uh, he has a website called CanookCreatures.com. <laughs> That's awesome. Because it's, it's... I mean... I'm not even going to try to pronounce. I destroyed his last name. Like I, I yeah. practiced his last name, and I, and I, I didn't. He has a, you know, if if you uh, if you're American, he's the thing is he's not he's Canadian, but he has like this this really difficult to pronounce uh, Eastern European last name, and um, right. But so you know, hence uh, Canuck Creatures. You know that that's his Instagram account. You know that's how you can find find him on um, on various social media outlets, but. I, I was reading his Instagram, I mean, his uh, website, and what I find it, uh, the coolest thing about uh, Nick is that he only works on his own films, you know what I mean? Like, he's not interested in doing, like, directing someone else's script. Yeah. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, like, yeah, that's awesome stuff. It's like, you always have, like, some, that's how Reffin used to be, too. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so this, um, the newer film, Archon, like, I, first of all, it's like a cool, cool name, you know, like, yeah. you know, it makes me think of like, probably like, it's going to have like some cool, like, you know, weird fiction element to it or something like that. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching it tonight. It's going to, I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm probably going to, you know, talk about it uh, next, next check episode that out. or whatever. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I'll definitely check that out. But that that's becoming like. Like that style of film, uh, you know, with like Sator and, um, you know, The Pond, like stuff like that. Yeah. That's actually, and, and even Black Mountainside, that those are like some of my favorite films that I've seen recently. You know, yeah, Sator is something else, man. That's like, and that, once again, that, that dude is, he's did everything on that movie. Yeah. Even the score. Apparently. Over seven years. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's insane. That's like, like the total obsessive like you know his creation he's doing it his way you know you know sink or swim all on his own it's wild 
I, I watched the, the other film he made. Um, fuck, what's the name of it? Anyway, there's another movie that he made uh, that's a found footage film. Right. And uh, it's on Tubi, if I can just remember the name of the goddamn movie. Um, and, and it's like uh, one of the – there's elements of it that you can um, – you, you can see like that are, as he's going to be, he uses again in Sator. Like you can see stylistic things. Right. And uh, I recommend checking, trying to check this movie out. And um, no one else like Sator, like totally different flick, but similar thing where it's very visual it was Hagazusa. Yeah. That, yep. Definitely. You like, know, like yep, takes place in the woods, you know, like, yeah. And it's not very, very much dialogue, just very visual almost hallucinatory that in spots the movie that uh that the the filmmaker made is called specter and okay um, the guy the guy who made the 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 director writer we're talking about is jordan graham who did sador and i know some of you guys out there watched sador after we did an episode on it because um you guys hit me up and you're like enjoyed it so specter is not as accomplished as as sator and You'll see there. There's some familiar faces actually in between the two films, okay. Um, but it, it's actually, as far as found found footage films goes, it's pretty pretty good. It's about like an alien invasion takes place. You know, there's it's it's really well done, and and it's one of these films where that he really utilizes like not showing things and and making um, inferring that certain things are happening. You know, right? Obviously, because he doesn't have you know. The, the kind of budgetary budget, constraints, you know, to have like a spaceship or a fucking alien or anything like that. So, has there been anything, anything else that you've uh, recently been checking out? Film wise, I've been just like grabbing stuff that, but haven't been watching too much. You know what I mean? Like I've been stockpiling crap, like a lot of film noir stuff. I love all that stuff, and uh, I finally got like the Australian version of Chan, uh, Jimmy Blacksmith. Which, uh, there's a, you can, I think Amazon Prime has like the one cut of it. And what else? Like Black Gravel, like it's another noir title. But yeah, that's been mainly the stuff I've been grabbing. Like Kino has those sales like all the time. So I'll just drop like 50 bucks. Yeah. Okay. Let me get like five titles for 50 bucks. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that. Yeah. The, uh, the, the the thing that I'm most excited about is checking out Archon tonight, and um, I, I I recently saw this movie called Flower. Uh, it's one of those like, you know, like de- depraved, unearthed films uh, movies. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Speaking I, I, of f- flowers, yeah. Little Joe, have you seen that? No. That looks weird. Little UK Joe. sci-fi. Yeah, Little Joe. It's like some weird UK flick. I came out two years, maybe longer, where the pollen or whatever, it's like it shoots out this flower. It's a genetically modified flower. Oh, wow. It has like some kind of drug effect on people. And it, it, the trailer looked great. I just, I just oh. haven't picked it up yet. But I guess the, you know, the scientist mom names the thing a little Joe. And uh, it just looks bizarre. It looks shot like almost like antiviral. You know oh, what I mean? Wow. Like it has that weird 
Kareem Hussein like cinematography. Just the trailer does. I don't know about the movie itself, but yeah, it definitely looks strange. You know, Kareem Hussein is a. Uh, have you seen the film that he made? Like what? Um, Subconscious Cruelty. Yeah. 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 He's he's better in as a as a crew member. I think. Yes. You know yeah. What I mean? Like, Left to his own devices, it's a mess. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, cause he, I thought he was, I think he was involved in some of the Hannibal episodes too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very I think talented. he's done both a Cronenberg or Dave Cron, not David, but his son. Uh, Brandon. Brandon. Yeah. I think he's done both of those, right? Yeah. He. Yeah. He. He did definitely, and man, um, very, and... very talented guy, man. Yeah. But he's got a good eye, man. But he needs direction, though. You know. Yeah. Yeah. He's one of those dudes. It's like. His cinematography is so on point. Like, he's got an awesome eye. I just finished reading that, that uh, book, Blind Sight. Yes, Peter Watts. Yeah, and you, you know, I was, I was telling you about it. And, yes. Because um, my friend Chris up in Boston recommended it to me. And you you, you read all, all of his other books, or most of his other books. Yeah, the, the, the Rifters trilogy. When, like, if you read, like, that guy's blogs, like, that Rifters trilogy wasn't meant to be a trilogy. It was only meant to be two books. But the, I guess, Tor or whoever he was working under, like, split the second one in two. And he, like, went to war over that. It was funny, man. Like, he, like, just, you know, he's very vocal he's, with his opinions. It's great. Like, that's a guy who does not give a fuck. Yeah, I, I am, I'm all in, man. I'm going to read yeah. it. You know, I mean, I, I actually, uh, I got a pile and I'm just going down the pile. So the next book that was up for me is Survivor's Song by Paul Tremblay. Okay. Have you checked that out? Are you, are you familiar with Paul Tremblay? I'm familiar with his name by name. And it was funny. I was looking at something on the shelf at this used bookstore by him. And I didn't grab it. I was just like, should I grab this now? It'll be here. I'm like, He's pretty good. I, I, I enjoy his writing, but it's, um, I enjoy his writing the same way that I enjoy, enjoy Stephen King. And, you know, right. I mean, it's like, uh, I mean, I, I'm not apologizing for liking right. Stephen King. I do. Nah, I like all of his work for the most part, but there's like, I always a, like his short stories more than his long form. I totally agree because, uh, his long form work, the, the endings are always a little weak. <laughs> exactly. It's like he rushes the endings to get to the next book. Yeah. But, <laughs> it's crazy. But the short stories are like a perfect length. Yeah. And, and the endings make more sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I love I, all of his short story collections are great. Yeah. Yeah, but but Trem, Tremblay is like, I, I guess maybe because he's based in in Massachusetts, like he's another New England guy. You know, yeah. there's a lot of um, heavy references to like kind of co colloquial stuff, like you know, like certain Boston based things. You know, right? If, if you're familiar with that part of the country, you'll be like. You know, you'll you'll identify with him, you know, somewhat. That's what I was bringing up. That Bartlett, uh, Matthew Bartlett. Yeah, he's the same way. Like a lot of it's that that Bermuda Triangle of Massachusetts area. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> a lot of it's like in that little, like his own little witch haven kind of. You know, like yeah. there's some crazy stories he has. But uh, yeah, Tremblay's cool. That that book. Um... It actually was released last year, and it has to do with a, a viral pandemic. <laughs> yeah, gotta love it. So That's I, like I, I the picked Neville it up. Book. I picked it up last year, but I was like, 
I didn't. I was kind of. I didn't want to read it because I'm like, ah, it's gonna freak me out too much, man. Like shit's bad enough, you know. So I just. I actually started. I read like 120 pages already, like in one night. And uh, yeah, it's like one of those types of you know types of things where, like, where Watts's books are super dense and like technical. Yes. Like you have yeah. to kind of like put it down for a couple of you got to digest it, you know what I mean? Because there's yeah. so much heavy shit that he's laying on you in those books. Yeah. Tremblay is like, just bang it out because it's so, like, you know, it, it just, it, it it's more digestible, I guess, in some yeah. ways. Yeah. Not exactly fast food, but you can still get through it. No, yeah, yeah, totally. It's, yeah. it's entertaining. You know, it's funny. Adam Neville, too, is a little bit like... Um, yeah, what was that Red Road thing they put out? Like, what? How long ago was that? And that's like basically what's going down. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> He's another guy that I, I actually have corresponded with him a couple times about. I was going to interview him for the Metal Matters uh, podcast. Uh, he'd be probably fantastic for that. Yeah, because I know he's a huge. I mean, obviously. Yeah, uh, from the ritual. the ritual is like way into like black metal and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I when that movie was like slated. I was like, man. I hope they use that angle. I hope they keep that angle in. You know, that was the only disappointment with that, that they, you know, just totally circumvented that thing. Because, like, you know, I understand why, because not too many people are going to get it. But yeah, it, 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 it is amazing in the book. It would have marginalized yeah. the film. And, you know, I, I didn't even, I, I watched The Ritual as a movie, just being yeah. like, this looks great, so let me check it out. And then you you were the one who recommended his other, his books, and I've been a huge I've been a fan ever since, really. Yeah, he's all, he's an awesome writer. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know, reading. It's like, I guess that's been the good thing about working at home for me is uh, I guess the two hours that I would spend commuting, like round trip, two hours, not right away. That was two hours that I now have to to read. I can read during those time, that time. I seem to have a little bit little bit more time every day to spend on spend reading, which is nice. Yeah. You know, so that's that's been good. Yeah, I kind of miss out on that. But the past 10 years, like, it's hard for me to read sometimes. I got to read, like, short stories more than, like, long stuff. Like, full novels, man. I, I'll, like, pass out after, like, 20 pages. You know, I'm, I'm out. And, like, it's, it's weird with me. Yeah. That's, like, the one good thing I've been – that, like, short-run press, uh, Dim Shores. Like, I grab his stuff all the time. Like, Dim when Shores. he's putting out – Dim Shores, yeah. It's, this guy, Sam Cowan from – like on the west coast does a lot of great like a lot of great anthologies and just these chat books with, like different authors like you know wow, okay. almost like bi-monthly and oh shit yeah he's on point like it's all like weird fiction yeah yeah you know and it's like it, he's he's great and he has a lot of good stuff just, and he's funny too like he'll like put out these shirts that look like like these black metal like you know dim shores red and like black metal like lettering you know oh, i see it right here but he's like more of a punk rock kid man he's awesome i met him like on the legati site like years and years and years ago oh wow man i'm yeah. on the website right now yeah like you'll recognize a lot of the authors you know what i mean like, yeah it's awesome like he puts out some really cool stuff I got no. Here we go, man. More stuff to get. This is great. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. That's the problem. Now it's like more stuff. Yeah, but you know what, though, man. Like, like these. Like, and I don't shorts, like short stories. Uh, format is always good. Yeah, and like I'm always down supporting him. You know what I mean? It's all short run stuff. It's like you know, it's a labor of love for the guy. 
I fucked up recently. <laughs> I bought this. I picked up this, uh, you know, like this, uh, this, this book called um, God in the Hills. This was, you did this one with uh, the Dead and Buried Trail, right? Yeah, dude, it sucked. Yeah. It such <laughs> I hate that when you get like, fucking... dude, like, I, re- I, read, like I... <laughs> I read about it in uh, Rue Morgue magazine. And, right. And usually, you know, there are, I would say 90% of the time I, I have the same taste. Yes. And uh, I mean, there, there's some stuff they reach for that I'm not into, but like, it just sounded cool. Like the whole thing, oh, you know, it's like ancient creature like this cult that kind you know it had all the elements of the stuff that i thought would be great but it was like the worst written worst poorly edited (laughs) completely unimaginative fucking book and it was 50 it was only 50 pages long thankfully but (laughs) fucking suffered through this more yeah man and i was like i had i i have to finish it you know i wasn't gonna put it down because i'm like you know just I, i like Despite despite this fucking guy, I finished this book. <laughs> you know, but yeah, that that was. I'm like, man, that sucked. But uh, there's actually a bunch of these like cool like publications that are out that are um like mostly weird fiction uh, oriented. Uh, yeah. That like one of them is like a e an e magazine an e zine I guess that I I just subscribe to it through um through kin uh through uh, Audible. Okay. You know, not Audible. Oh, fuck Audible. I don't. I don't listen to audiobooks. Um, Kindle. Sorry, Kindle. Okay. Yeah. Have you ever listened to an audiobook, man? I can't do it. No, I haven't. I've never done it. Yeah, I can't. I probably should though. That's the thing. Like, a, on a drive to work or something. You know what I mean? I probably should. I I don't know if I would really enjoy it, man. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, depends, I guess, who's uh doing the reading, for one thing. You know. You know, there was a brief period of time where I edited audiobooks, and uh, it was the worst. Like, if you want a job that'll make you want to fucking hang yourself, that's the job. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't imagine doing that. Oh my god, it was the worst. It, I was, it was, I needed money, and I did it, and it was like yeah. despair. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's the only thing I could say is feelings of despair. It's like the SPK tractors. Wow. <laughs> yeah, man. And uh, yeah, it was just, I remember thinking like, I'm going to go to bed tonight. And when I wake up, I'm going to do do this the whole next day. <laughs> well, that's the worst. When you like, you go into bed thinking about it. Yeah. Like, thinking about work. And, and the book, the book was about the periodic table of elements. And it was 500, oh, Jesus 550 Christ. pages long. Oh my God! Who the fuck is gonna listen to that, man? Oh man! You know, I was like, why is this avail- even available? Anymore? Well, you did. Well, yeah, I might have been the only person to actually <laughs> listen to. It, you know. Oh. So hopefully somebody listened to it after you suffered through doing that. <laughs> well, we've been rambling on uh, way too long, and uh, if anyone's left, listen to this. Uh, thanks for hanging in there, and. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We'll uh, we'll check you guys out uh, next week. Take care. All right, take it easy, Mike. <laughs>